Hello and welcome to episode 60 of Q&A Quest. I'm your host, Mike Apps, a.k.a. Wheels, and with me as always... David McBurney, Family Master, horrified, horrified existential crisis overreaching episode 60. <laughs> and with us for this horrifying ep- episode, a first-time guest... Salutations, felicitations, and jubilations. Welcome to the RPG Backjack, where we talk about Cunard hey, hey, hey. Console RPGs <laughs> from the way back when, right up through yesteryear. This is episode 180. Retro gaming is awesome, and we're taking over other people's podcasts. <laughs> now for a message from our sponsor, Polygamy Nitro Reporter. What the? Ah. <laughs> oh, God. You're, at, you're up to 180? Oh. That means we're only a, th- we're a third of the way to catching up. Woo! <laughs> no, oh, we've been we've been recording that show for like eight years. Jeez, oh, oh. we're very we're very non-committed to any sort of actual regular schedule on that show because <laughs> these games take so long to play. Uh, yeah, that's that's probably good. That gives you time to actually have a real idea of it rather than just dive in and head first. Well, I must thank. <laughs> I must thank you for allowing me on last time to rant about uh, Tales of Hearts R. I'm jealous. Deeply jealous. Yeah. It's all good. There wasn't a lot of hearts for Tales of Hearts R. That's what I noticed. <laughs> not a lot of hearts for that game. A lot of broken hearts, maybe, but not a lot of whole hearts. I still, I still like, I lost my heart to Tales of Hearts. I can't abandon the original. That's so good. Uh, but hey you are on our show and we actually Woo! have a question did I from... actually say my name you did not I don't actually... think you did you just no, did the entire, entire backtrack intro I am your host Phil Willis aka JC Servant these other guys I, I don't know what they're doing here because this is all about retro gaming yay listen we got nothing against retro gaming we kind of bit backtrack style a bit to just talk about every saga game last time that's true oh i like talking about saga games uh if only more people did (laughs) we can dream one day yes but anyway you sent me a a message on a question on twitter for this very episode which is when i was like hey why don't i just have you on this damn episode (laughs) so you can yeah so you can help me answer your own question so, uh, I'm going to read this here. My question for Q&A Quest, why is Monster Hunter so good? And I guess the other less interesting question would be, why does it not do better in North America where loosely similar games, Dark Souls, Destiny, etc., do so well? What's up with that? Mm. Oh, I don't want that catchphrase to come back, no. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh, Monster Hunter is awesome, guys. OMG, Monster Hunter World comes out next week. Go get it. It's awesome. The end. Boom, done. That was easy. Wow. <laughs> Got your review as well? <laughs> Six out of good. five. Six wow. out of five. Totally. It's totally awesome. 
but yeah, so why it's awesome is actually, I think, kind of harder to explain. It's, it's a complex question for a yeah. complex game. <laughs> Monster Hunter is awesome because you hunt monsters, really big monsters, really fun monsters. I mean, one of the drawing points of Horizon Zero Dawn that you hear, heard over and over again is that uh, is that the robotic enemies each have different approaches to how they attack Aloy, the main character. The cat will kind of prowl, use an invisibility cloak like he's in the shadows and and stalk you and try to flank you, whereas the big Tyrannosaurus Rex creature will just use his brute force to run you over like a speed bump. And people praise that left and right. But, but Monster Hunter's been doing that for years, and any one of their games has anywhere between, you know, I don't know, two and a half to five times as many you know, different monsters with different approaches and strengths and weaknesses and special attacks that make sure that every encounter is exciting. I think that is like, as someone who's dabbled in Monster Hunter but never gotten too far into it, to, as an, a somewhat outside observer, the way that I can see it is that, like, that's part of the appeal is that, like, so much of Monster Hunter's identity is just that every monster has an identity. And, like, you get used to that. Like, th that gives it more staying power than a lot of its imitators. It's just, like, the idea of, like, every hunt is going to have to be approached differently. Yeah. yeah. But, but wait, Dave. I just heard in between your words, I read between lines, and you're also asking, but wait, Phil, is there more? And yes, why? I yes. want to. Yes, there <laughs> is more. Because in Monster Hunter, at least the last, I don't know, two or three games, including Monster Hunter World, you know, and kind of using the analogy of Horizons Zero Dawn, because I know a lot of people played that on a PlayStation 4, well, you know, Horizons weapon play was very good. The bow felt very, very solid. Well, in Monster Hunter, you don't just have one. You just don't have a handful of ranged weapons like Aloy has. You got 14 freaking weapons. Mm -hmm. And because Monster Hunter World has come out it's been very popular in japan and they release it every year like a call of duty but they've been refining the formula those 14 weapons of monster hunter world all feel really really viable and really mm -hmm. tight so even if for some reason you got somehow got bored you know hunting down tyrannosaurus fraxes and ancient dragons and whatever have you you've got 13 other weapons to be excited about they all have deep combos ways to power them up uh and move sets to learn you got everything from the sword and shield, which is great for beginners, allows you to block quick moves, quick strikes, easy combos, to something like the insect glaive, which allows you to pull vault up into the air, uh, doing complex twisting, turning moves as you crash down the enemy. You jump on his back and you start stabbing over and over again with both sides of your weapon. It's 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 just so much fun. It's good times. I've been very tempted, even though I've again haven't played much Monster Hunter in the past, despite dabbling by uh, World, in part just because of like a video that I saw making the rounds on Twitter that was just like someone, like, I think they, they threw something, like the monster got distracted, so they like grappled and swung around and like chopped its tail off after <laughs> leaping on it. Yeah, because uh, as you're as you're beating up on these uh, the monsters, uh, you can wound or even chop off certain parts. Like the tails are actually fun to chop off. Uh, if you do, you tend to get more parts off the monster. 
Um, because the whole, which would bring me to my third point, but yeah, that, that's part of the fun. But if you wound him in the legs, it might take away some of his speed. If you wound him in the, the head or the jaw, it might uh, weaken one of his offensive attacks where he would normally bite you. It'll do less damage. So there's a strategy involved because these are epic battles that usually stretch anywhere from 7 to 40 minutes. Um, and and so, so, you know, when you're dealing with a tougher opponent, there's definitely some strategy involved. And, and the fights feel very organic. In the older games, there weren't any any sort of indicators of how much damage you were doing. There were no numbers flashing up. There weren't any life bars. Uh, but what you would notice is as you're working on that enemy, you would see the wounds you were inflicting on those legs. You see him start limping around. You, you see the monster start breathing heavy. He tried to fly at you and do an attack just to stumble on the ground because you're wearing him down and you're exhausting him. He'd go and retreat and try to get some rest or get some food. It, it just made the fights really draw you in. It didn't feel so much like a video game as drawing you in, making you feel like you're really, truly hunting and wearing down a big, gigantic, huge beast. Man, that just makes it sound really dramatic. <laughs> I, I mean, they can be. Like, there's... The, the, the music really, like, hits it spot on as you're fighting. And like as, as soon as the monster run a, runs away, like it stops. And like if you wander into an area where the monster is and don't even realize it, like the music will pick up. It's it, there's a lot of nice little touches that just just makes the the battles feel like incredible. Uh, especially uh, especially some of the faster ones that are just like zipping around the battlefield, and you're just like running around. F- for dear life, just trying to get some hits in and not be killed. It's it's just great. But 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 wait, did you did you hear that other question he had? He said, "But Phil, is there more?" And yes, there is. <laughs> because there's always more. <laughs> because the the third main component of what makes Monster Hunter so exciting is well, why do you beat up all these monsters? Well, mm. after you get done. You know, killing them and murdering them in cold blood, you then get to carve them up into tiny little parts, scales and nails and wings. And what do you do with all this stuff? You take it down to the blacksmith in town and he turns it into gorgeous, beautiful armor. Mm -hmm. And these armors have different skills attached to them. So you might start off beating up some weak, uh, you know, some Velaptosauruses or whatever the hell they're called. And and after you've killed enough of them, you got enough parts, the blacksmith can make you a full set of gear out of them. And that will buff up your your defense rating to a certain point. Then you'll start, you know, working your way up. And at one point you might, uh, uh, I fought a turtle guy. And he was tough, man. I mean, it took all my potions that I gathered from the environment. Because you make potions by gathering mushrooms and stuff from the environment. Uh, So you got resource management going on. But it took a lot of what I had saved up to that point just to beat him once. But then I took his parts back and the guy's like, oh, yeah, I can make you this new armor. And the armor value was super high. So I went back and beat him a few more times, got more pieces so I could have the full set. And and as I beat him more and more, and I'm turning him into more and more pieces of armor, it becomes easier and easier to kill him because I got better defense and 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 skills because the skills are tied into the armor. Uh, then now I look cooler. I can go beat tougher monsters, and you know, and and and, it, and, the, and you rinse and repeat. It's kind of that feedback loop you would get in an MMO or something like that. Um, but it makes a lot more sense here because you're literally taking the pieces of the monsters you're defeating, having them crafted into armor that kind of makes you look like them in a way, makes you look like a, you know, just a badass. And then you get to use that against other creatures and their strategy involved because, you know, high defense sounds great on paper, but that doesn't help you against the spider lady, uh, Loth wannabe that th- throws uh, sleep and poison at you. 
Those are <laughs> ailment issues, right? So now you might, you know, you might need to go and hunt something that produces armor that protects you against poison. So you have a easier time handling her. But <laughs> you don't have to do that. You can if you're good enough and you can dodge good enough and you can block good enough. You're more than welcome to give her a shot without the extra armor. It's up to you. Which is uh, another thing that, uh, based on observation, Monster Hunter doesn't have any level-up system other than, like, the armor and things that you craft. That is correct. That's, that is correct. The only two things that help you in any given fight is the level of preparation you've done, which includes the armor and the skills you have with it, and how well you play. It doesn't matter if you just put in 500,000 armors trying to farm XP. It won't help you because there is no XP. There's no leveling up. The only one that levels up is you. Mm. Indeed. And that's and that's another thing that I like you know, very, very much. Um, there are definitely, you know, some comparison to, let's say, an MMO. Because you are, uh, you know, farming materials, uh, crafting everything from healing potions to ammunition, uh, taking the pieces back so they can be crafted into armor and weapons, uh, and you're defeating big boss-like monsters in order to get uh, some of those cooler armors and weapons. So there is a, a feeling of an MMO there. But one of the things that would frustrate me about an MMO is I could be really good at playing the class, but... Uh, if if I hadn't put in enough hours to get this level up high enough against certain bosses, it wouldn't matter how good I was. Because you were going to take some damage regardless. But in this game, you actually have players who purposely, who are very, very good at playing the game, and they'll purposely go for a very long time, go through many of the creatures without ever upgrading themselves because they're just that good. And they can do that because there's no arbitrary level restrictions or you know, one, you know, necessarily one-hit kills just because you're 18 levels below or anything that does make me think of like how a lot of times like the content that a lot of people enjoy about mmos is the high level content that you can only do like once you've grinded for everything else and this sort of condenses that down into being the game mm -hmm. that's, that's actually a, a good way to think of it and to be fair, you know, 95, 98 percent of the players out there are not going to be able to take on anything close to the end game without properly mm -hmm. you know, getting their armor and their gear up and things like that. Sure. But uh, it's not it, going to be statistics that stop them. That's correct. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, those are kind of some of those things that make it's just and you can play the, the game is balanced. One of the, one of the major questions I get asked uh, a lot that I had when I first came to the series is, can you even play it alone? Can you play that alone? Because uh, or can you play with other people or what's the deal? It sounds like an MMO. Uh, Monster Hunter can be enjoyed with up to four friends um, at the same time. Any more than that, and it, it wouldn't be balanced. So they don't let more than four players join in a group. Uh, but you can play it alone. And usually when you do play it alone, you get to take a, a companion with you. A perfectly mm. fun companion called a palico, who's essentially a walking cat <laughs> that wields weapons and armor. Uh, honestly, well, that's better than most of my friends. <laughs> Sorry, Wheels. It's, it's okay. Uh, I was going to say, speaking of single player, the past two main games, uh, three and four, have actually had decent, like, single-player story-ish content. Uh, the world only seems to be doubling down on that. Yeah, so um, I'm not going to say it's not like a super deep story or anything, but it's enough to entertain you, and I think it does a good job of um, not necessarily 
teaching you the game, but it gives you like a decent playground to learn it well without, I think, the game just crushing you. Uh, four especially, I think, is the best the best way to get into the game. Yeah, indeed. Uh, it certainly, we'll see how uh, Monster Hunter World uh, introduces new players, but you know, absent of that having that experience just yet, uh, I came in with Monster Hunter uh, Four. Uh, so this kind of answers the other question as far as, or at least to some degree, why why isn't this a big hit uh, already? Sounds super exciting. Well, one of the reasons is there's a bit of a learning curve involved. You got yeah. three very deep systems that work in conjunction, you know, with each other, and and just to walk walk in off the street to start playing it, these games didn't have great tutorials, <laughs> and their control yeah. screams schemes are anything but intuitive on the DS versions. Yeah, well, it, even just not it, that was not no, not even just like the control scheme because like the the button configuration is generally the same. I think one of the biggest learning curves is just yeah, it's, it. I think one of the game's strength is the fact that it has all these different weapons, but it's it also greatly increases the learning curve because all those weapons play extremely differently. You have to learn yeah. them like a fighting game yeah. character. Well, and if you pick, if you if you pick, let's say my favorite is the insect glade. But if you pick that as your first one, it, it's one of the more complicated <laughs> ones, and you're yeah. like, "Ooh, but that looks so like got a bug and everything." Yeah. And and yeah, no, without some, it is really tough. The game does a very unfortunate, poorly poor job. At least the previous iterations, uh, you know, uh, Monster Hunter Four helps you out a bit, at least in teaching you a lot of the crafting and and kind of easing you into some of that. Uh, but that's where for me. That's where, you know, uh, YouTube videos like Gaijin Hunter's videos really came into handy. There are YouTube videos that will slowly go through the different combos and, and how the controls work uh, to talk you through if you want to play um, some of the tougher weapons. Because yeah. insect leaks are cool. <laughs> well, I think it's it's been a while, and obviously I ignore a lot of this stuff. But I think it does... Uh, I remember in one of the games, like... It, would introduce the weapons to you and gave, and said like this weapon's an expert weapon. This is more for beginners and things like that. Yeah, and Monster Hunter Four actually going back to that one. That actually does do a good job because uh, okay. you just remind me has the arena. So if you that's take the right, time, to yeah, and they're right there. It's in the quest log. So if you ignored it, I guess it's on you. And what they do before you go into the arena, they give you a couple of splash pages explaining you, kind of giving you that general overview and maybe mention a couple of combos. Now, here's the thing. You go into the arena. It just dumps some information on you. And it was a text dump. Okay, I'm only going to retain about 50% of that. And it doesn't. The, 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 the information they give you doesn't go deep into exactly how the thing works or how some of the combos work. So you go in there. There is another resource. That's your hunter notes. And the hunter notes actually do go into the combos and the button combinations. The problem is... Monster Hunter doesn't do a great job of letting you pause the game and read your Hunter notes. Yeah. It's either paused or it's not. And so uh, trying to read your notes while the monster is lively and hunting you down uh, can be a bit exciting. Yeah. So to try to read that while I was outside of combat and then try to take eh, it's clunky. Yeah. For me, it was watching Gaijin Hunter's videos while I was hunting easier creatures and I could watch that while. And that helped me a lot in getting some of the the bigger moves down. Yeah, I think one of one of the biggest things for people that want to get into the game is just find find the first weapon that clicks with you. Don't mm -hmm. don't stick with something that just that you 
doesn't really work and you uh you know you you think maybe oh, I'll learn this eventually no try try a bunch of them cuz that's what first got me into the series was I hadn't really gotten it to begin with and then I tried the gunlance in uh it was either I you know I can't remember if I first tried that in uh what was the last PSP one we got? It was Freedom Unite. Freedom Unite. Yeah. I either tried that in that or 3 Ultimate, and then that just, like, clicked with me, and I was off and running from there, and, like, 150 hours and 3 Ultimate later, <laughs> uh, I was a fan. To look at it, it uh, from another perspective of why it hasn't succeeded in the U.S., I think it's a lot of been, like, bad timing, like, yeah. Monster Hunter 1 came out and was an online-focused PS2 game that used the right analog stick to attack with instead of for the camera. Whoops. And that, like, that didn't do big numbers, so they didn't even attempt to release the PS2 version of Monster Hunter 2 in the U.S. But, like, it, the series strikes gold in Japan on the PSP, which sold well as a system, but the software sales were never very good in the U.S., and so, like, for a long time, it's just, it's a big phenomenon in a situation where, like, those early titles are even more so just, like, this is, you know, you can play this single player, but you need to learn this from another person to really understand how it works. Yeah. And so you get Monster Hunter Freedom and Freedom 2 and Freedom Unite, which all come out here, but, like, none of which are huge hits. And then, like, they try to bring the series back to consoles so that they can sort of sell it elsewhere, but they bring it to the Wii, which is not associated with really hardcore action games. Well, to fix that problem, they, of course, brought it to the Wii U, which was a smashing success. It would have been a great idea if it weren't for the fact that the Wii U sold terribly. Yeah. But, but, you know, they also brought it to the 3DS, and, like, it's successfully built a cult following on the 3DS. I mean, like, Monster Hunter 4 Ultimate and Monster Hunter Generations both sold well over a million copies yeah. in the West. So, like, it's it's bubbling on the edge of breakout that World might finally be. Hey, I, I, and I tell you, uh, the, the, the beta demo, which really only focuses on one of those aspects, namely being the hunt itself... Um, has is really well done, and I've had some of my friends, you know, play it with me and put it on pre-order just off of that alone. So I'm very hopeful <laughs> that it will do a lot better. I mean, I'm tempted to pick it up just based on the rhetoric be- that I have been listening to between you two. So yeah, well, I mean, jo- join us, come to the dark side. I mean, for me, oh, all all they had to do would be like copy and paste a Monster Hunter game on PS4 and be like, okay, sure, why not? But, You've bought so many of these games, man. I've, but, I've watched it. <laughs> I mean, I mean, if you go back and just look at some of the things I talked about, I think in my Monster Hunter 4 review, one of the big things I said was, uh, like, this is kind of the apex of the series, and they need to move beyond this. They need to do new stuff. And I think one of the biggest ones, maybe I didn't mention it there, but one that I've definitely talked about in the past is they need to move behind beyond these little segmented hunting grounds. Like it, it did this. It did the series great when there were hardware limitations, and you know it was never a really big problem. Games still looked great, but uh, it needs to move beyond that. And you know, boom, right away, that's one of the things World does. And honestly, if that's all it did, 
that would be more than enough for me to be like completely on board with this game because that really and and to most people who don't understand the series that may sound like a minor change but it really isn't because you look at these games and maybe people that haven't played the games don't know what I mean but the hunting grounds are um split into different areas uh and you know when you go from one to the other there's a little loading screen and then you go you're in another area and I don't want to say it makes kind of puts like a disconnect in the experience or anything like that but um I don't know it it it, it, it does. It, 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 it kind of, to a degree, it, yeah. it's a bit jarring when I'll have a monster knock me back in an attack, and because I'm near the border to the next area, yeah. it'll do that quick loading screen. And the loading time isn't too bad on the DS. It's pretty no. quick. But but the problem is, suddenly, the danger's gone. Yeah. The monster's oh, in an entirely exactly. different area. I was worried for my life. I'm like, oh, well, now I can sit here and quaff a couple of yeah. healing potions, sharpen my weapon, and get right back yeah, to it. Which that's is, what I want to get at. It's like you could just, if you were needed to heal, you could just wander into the next screen and just heal up there because the monster's not, the monster like had, doesn't see you from the other area. Whereas I assume that's not going to be the case here. And also, similarly, if a monster ran away and used, like, shortcuts only available to monsters, unless you had them, like, marked, uh, it could be more difficult to figure out where they went because the terrain wasn't always as clear with these segmented areas because you could go, um, I mean, it, you could go through one of these screen transitions and it brings you, like, like somewhere completely unexpected, so a lot of times it could be hard just to figure out where the hell they went yeah so uh, you're absolutely right if the so as you beat the monsters they go and they run away but of course on the older games because those those maps were segmented he would hit this imaginary border and he would disappear or heaven forbid he used a monster hole so you kind of you know chase after him but you know sometimes you get to that next area he's already gone on to another area and it just really took you out of the experience whereas yeah. here in the beta when i was playing the beta when pumpkin started running away as i called the t-rex as pumpkin started running away to go you know get himself a break i could stay on his rear end if i stop to sharpen my blade he might get out of sight that's my choice but it's organic yeah and, exactly. and it's not just because he hits some magical magical barrier somewhere so yeah, and I mean, it, like I said, it did the series fine because it it got around te technical limitations because the series was pretty much always on like lower end hardware. It was on the PS2, it was on the PSP, uh, the 3DS, the Wii, the Wii U, and so this is kind of the first time where that's not really a limitation. And I'm glad to see that it seems like they're like going. F full forward with that and I remember uh, they were like you could like follow footprints and stuff like that in the beta and oh, yeah. Just, um, yeah. I'm curious to see what other stuff like that is in the full game so yeah I'm very excited for this
Yeah, I mean, the original game was a lot of fun, but it it, it definitely had, you know, it's, it, it, of course it had some faults. Uh, and it was unfortunate some of those faults would actually detract from the core experience of drawing you into the the thrill of hunting the monsters and the thrill of the fight. But, uh, but Monster Hunter World seems to attack just about mm, the majority of the low-hanging fruit head-on yeah. uh, to make sure that, you know, that you feel into the experience the entire time from the beginning to the end. And I think PS4 is the right plat. Well, PS4 and Xbox One and PC, I think... Eventually. <laughs> eventually, yeah. Uh, uh, I think the series is definitely going to find an audience here. So it's going to be very interesting to see how everything shakes out. Yeah, I mean, definitely. And for some more information, I, I wrote a two-page impression over at rpgamer.com, so feel free to go and check that out, uh, where you can get some more detail. There's, of course, a lot of detailed videos on YouTube, all kinds of information out there, whether you're new to the series or you've played it before, but maybe, you know, you kind of gave up after a while because of, you know, whatever hurdles, um, or you were a longtime fan for a while, but, you know, finally gave up. Go, this is the time to jump back in or to jump in for the first time. This is a great time. Uh, with the release that's coming up. Like I said, I know a lot of my friends. I'm very surprised because these are people that would never have gotten into this game before. But between the fact that it's on a better platform that's more appealing to Americans, and, uh, of course, because of that platform, they're able to do much better graphics. I mean, I'm sorry, people look at my DS game and they're like, you're playing that? Um, You know, in the day day and age of better handhelds like the Switch especially. Um, and, And... and 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 the beta is just so well done that it's easy to say go try this free beta and it draws people in. So you're gonna, see, I think you're gonna see a lot more people uh, playing this and jumping on board. Oh yeah. And they did such a just a, such a great job. I mean, even from the first minute, you load up the you you're in that demo beta, and and, and if you ever played those games before, the graphics are are just you know oh, gorgeous. Yeah. It's just so so well done. And I, I would say they're just a hair shy of Horizon Zero Dawn, which is probably the best console looking game I, I have ever played. But 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 they 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 do do one thing better, and that's the interaction of the environment, the creatures, the way they interact with each other. Uh, the way, uh, you know, you'll even see there's like an inherent food chain underneath the hood. And so you'll see a creature that's higher up on the food chain just swoop down and start attacking another creature. Even if it's one that you were hunting, it doesn't care. This is this is the wild. And things happen in the wild according to the, the laws of nature. Uh, and you'll see a lot of that. In uh, the frog, you know, whether you're picking up a frog or some moss or whatever, everything here just really, really fits in. Um, and, and and it's improvement, of course, previously on the series, but it's also just really, really, you know, well done. Uh, it just it just feels like it fits together like a puzzle. Yeah, totally agree. So uh, I could go on and on. Yeah. Tonight, no, but well, I have other questions. Yeah, I think we should move on to some other questions before this is just a hundred percent Monster Hunter episode. Which is nothing wrong with that. No. <laughs> Uh, I'll die. (laughs) Sorry, Dave. Uh, Let's see. All right. So I'm noticing a thing that we forgot to mention. What's that? This thing at the top of the notes. Uh, Oh yeah. Hey, peoples. Our RP gamer is finally getting a revamp after um, a long-awaited revamp. A few years. Um, You know, just a 
its flight number of years. So, uh, yeah, look forward to that. Um, it sh- should happen. It's supposed to happen and coincide with our year and uh, year end re- awards. Uh, so, those are always fun. So, keep an eye out for that, which will be cool on the brand new site design, which is so. Yeah, there's a there's a there's a small hope that it won't will no longer look like a GeoCities <laughs> ripoff. No, uh, no, I'm look. How will I know I'm looking at the same RP gamer? I know, <laughs> I know. Uh, one of the things, one of the things that we've been talking about is is that maybe we'll have a little bit more retro cover too. Mm, yes. Uh, looking, nice. Yeah, yeah. So if you if you're like me and you prefer for the most part retro style games or you got a huge backlog, I think you're going to see more articles and, and coverage along those lines on the site. Yeah, I mean I think one of the things is I think a lot of people don't really uh, realize how hard it is to actually write stuff on the current RP Gamer site. Uh, oh, oh it's, it's, yeah, you it's, have, a, you have a PhD. Yeah, so. Uh. Uh, I mean, I mean, me, just me personally. Uh, whereas I'm not really writing anything at the time, at the moment, I will happily uh, start writing more stuff on the site now, just based on the fact that it'll be a lot easier to do now. So, uh, you know, I think there's going to be a lot of exciting stuff on the site going forward. So, yeah, keeping keep an eye out for the site redesign. Um. You will not have. You should not have to change any of your. As far as podcast goes, everything should still live in the same location. Um, I, as far as this show goes, I plan on in each episode, I'll put, I'll include a link to the old like ar- archive list of episodes in case you're not using, you're not like uh, subscribed on iTunes or anything like that. I'll make sure each post has a link to the old archive, so you got you can browse the old episodes that way if you so so desire uh but yeah the feeds should not change at all so that's that and hopefully and most importantly all 1-800 episodes of rpg yes. backtrack are still there exactly. intact still there you can backtrack to the back yes. <laughs> yes and there's a good exactly. so- there's a good saga episode on there i recommend people check out and a good yeah. and a disguise. I feel like I should ask if there's a monster hunter backtrack. I don't think so. No, but we do have a number of episodes. Uh, there's a, there's uh, a great apps on there. There's a great disguise episode that I believe is over five hours long. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, yeah. that was an interesting experience. You <laughs> said to yourself, "Boy, this podcast is a little on the short." So go check out Backtrack. Let me tell you, it goes on. It's like the Energizer Bunny ride battery. It goes on and on, and it keeps going and going. Man, we always feel like we've done too. We've gone on for a long time when we hit two hours. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, uh, I mean, the funny, the fun, funny story. Our whole pitch for the show was it was going to be like a short, thirty-minute episode. Th- like short thirty-minute episodes, and that lasted for three episodes. And then, then <laughs> I, I think when we had we had like Gaijin on, and we had like we yeah, had, we, it ballooned up to an hour and a half and never shrunk. Yeah, back. We, we had Gaijin on. It was a long episode. People liked it, and then it was like, well, fuck. <laughs> Language, sir. Yeah. 
Do you want me to do an ampersand for that for 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 you on that one? Ampersand. There you go. They can cut and paste that over what you. Just oh no, said. it's it's okay. I I swear a lot on the show because I'm the one that edit, I'm the one that edits it, so I don't have. I just say. So I can I can just go ahead and drop f bombs. It just oh, yes. gives you more work to do, but it's all good. Yes. All right. Sure. Well, fuck it all. It's swearing for everybody. Anyway, so. <laughs> My favorite thing was the time that he swore by accident, then swore realizing he had sworn by accident. <laughs> Good times. Oh, good times. It's also good because Wheels often records half asleep. Alright, let's get to our first reader question, which is from our good friend Budai, who always provides fantastic questions, and he says, Wish you feel had a better library of games, not kind of the fact that you could play those games on the new hardware slot, the GBA, DS, or 3DS. Hmm. I know my well, answer to this one. I, I, yeah, well, we don't mind. So, so I'll, I'll tell you. I, I tell you. You know, it, it's it is a very good and very uh, difficult uh, question, and because uh, there are such you know great titles on any one of those. I mean, you could be here all day. It, it is it is a very tough question. Uh, I mean, I think my answer has to be um, the three DS. And so 3DS and DS obviously have lots of good RPGs, and, well, the 3DS has gotten uh, re-releases of some of my favorite DS RPGs, so that kind of helps, too. Atlas uh, has really gone into overdrive, adding a yeah. uh, last bit of, con- like, well, well, there's native 3DS versions of these games now. <laughs> but Actually, the correct answer to this question was 3DS, because it has not one... The two Monster Hunter games. That's true. <laughs> so we're but, just bringing it back home. But I mean, for, for me, the big thing is the 3DS has a lot less like gimmicky touchscreen games. It feels like people had a lot better handle on what to do with two screens by the time we got to 3DS, and so there was a lot. As far as the overall library goes, there's a lot less weird, clunky, touchscreen-focused games, and a lot more games that just are either just generally good games that happen to throw some stuff on the second screen or games that use it very well or just like s- simple stuff like Ocarina of Time which makes uh, which he just uses the second screen for inventory management which is pretty nice so. on the other hand the 3DS doesn't have the world end with you so that's true but you can play it on the 3DS it's true but we were taking that out of this I know, equation I know yeah, uh, on the I, other hand, you can now get that on your Switch. Yes, I I will say like I do, you know it's it, the 3DS is like I have all the handheld systems practically, um, and I keep going back to the you know the 3DS more times than probably the the other ones almost combined. Uh, it's just got so many darn gosh darn good good games on it. Uh, and, and outside of I mean hell, you got Xenoblade Cross. They failed to cram that. Into this system, I I don't even know how they did it. You got the huge uh, Monster yeah. Hunter games. You got the fire. You know, you got not one but two great Fire Emblem games that are just huge. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you got, of course, the you know Etrian Odyssey games were one of the coolest things about the 3DS because it made great use 
of the touchscreen. Now, we're taking away the games that you could play in the new hardware slot. However, I would submit to you that the remakes for the 3DS, those ones that have been remade for the 3DS, are better, of course, because they would have story modes and enhancements. So almost everyone, I think maybe with the exception, I think it's three, but a lot of them have been, you know, brought over to the 3DS with those enhancements in place. Oh, yeah, those uh, and of course, are really nice. Yeah, uh, so those are really nice. I, I personally enjoy Persona Q. I know that wasn't everybody's cup of tea, but it's Etrianasi with Persona characters and a great combat system, so I love it. Persona Q2 also yet to come, so this book isn't closed. Oh, yeah, I uh, forgot about oh, that. Geez. It's just, but it's, it's uh, and, and, uh, if for some odd reason you didn't have a Wii U for and and you don't have the Switch version that isn't out yet for another probably six to twelve months, uh, Hyrule Warriors on on the 3DS. There is of course some graphical compromise in order to pull off that frame rate, but it is all there. And I played it, and I'm here to say I don't know how they did just like Xenoblade Chronicles, but it all works and it's buttery smooth. Um, you know, as much as you would expect. There, There isn't a whole lot of frame rate issues. It's just, you know, probably 20 to 30. But they got it on there, and it's fun. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, and I'm playing Dragon Quest Seven. They got eight on there. Uh, two epic, yeah. yeah, two really big epic RPGs for the system. And, again, you can make those arguments for, you know, of course you got four, five, and six uh, on the DS, the remakes that are there. But, uh, I, you know, I love four. Five was pretty darn good. Six, eh. But seven and eight are just epic. Epic. You know, I've just played... Five and eight are my two favorite Dragon Quests. I've just started playing a a Dragon Quest game on my Japanese 3DS that is very nice. Which one? Dragon Quest XI. Yeah. Do we... But do and do we even get into the pokey you know, the the, the uh, new Pokemon, Pokemon games that have been yeah. revitalized on the 3DS really? I mean just uh, I mean just have uh, been explosive. The Bravely Default and Bravely Second game, which showed us that Square can once again, you know, they, they haven't forgotten how to do traditional turn based mm-hmm. JRPGs and do them well. Oh hush, it's fun. Okay. Shimigami That's Tensei right, four with its expa- <laughs> with its what? Sequel, expansion, sequel. whatever. Apocalypse. Apocalypse is very much a sequel. Yeah, I mean, just super fun, super well done. Um, and of course, you've got. Uh, don't we have like a what is it? Uh, the Zelda games, the 3DS. Oh, Link Between Worlds. Thank yeah. you. And was there one other one? Uh, well, there was the two remakes, but those mm. were already mentioned. Yeah, and you can yeah you can play Ocarina Time and and the Masky one on it. Majora's uh, Mask, which are which both don't run at twenty frames per second anymore, which is a really strange thing to see when you're used to playing N sixty four versions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and 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 I mean the list goes on and on, but I I just I I love my three DS and 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 yeah, <laughs> not to mention not not to mention I I won't even go into like the retro you know, console games that I have, the virtual console, whatever, it's on it. The, the the DS, the DSi or whatever it was, the later DS had that capability, but they really flesh it out with the 3DS. So I've got a whole bunch of my, you know, some of my NES and my Super NES uh, favorites on there as well. So even if for some odd reason I'm a little bored and I need a little break from the epic that is Dragon Quest Seven, I can go quickly play some Super Mario 3. Deeply tempted by uh, picking up Mega Man X on 3DS because I have a tanker in to play that game. And hey, that is it's there. Th- that is the best Mega Man game. 
Yeah, it's uh, it's a lot of fun, and you have like I have like every Shantae game. Oh, Loka. Yeah. <laughs> it's all those are those are all on there actually. All on the virtual, so I mean the virtual console and the robust library that's there that you can easily purchase and have. You know, I, I paid a few extra bucks, got the you know a memory card, so I could save a whole bunch of these things on there to be able to have those on the you know anywhere where I'm at. They're already on there. I don't have to go find the mem- you know the game cartridge or anything. It's yeah. It's it's just so good. Blaster Master, guys. Come on, it's Blaster Master. Yep. <sighs> I think in part one of the reasons that I've been very happy with the Switch is that it feels like it actually is attracting the same developers that the 3DS had. So. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think it I think that's definitely true. So it's it's hard to like for me, like this this entire question hinges on like which am I thinking of more? Like, the 3DS is, like, sheer volume of, like, very polished titles, or the DS is sheer volume of very strange titles. Hmm. But then again, I can also play, like, all six mainline Ace Attorney games on one platform, so it's also not that hard. <laughs> <laughs> uh, now, with that being said, I, I really wouldn't want to give up any of them. Um, mm-hmm. uh, uh, the Game Boy, I think with the, you know, when I look at my, so I'm still holding on to my DS because I do have the one with the Game Boy Advance slot. I don't have a Game Boy Advance anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and and sometimes I'm thinking about, because the battery issues and I've been having issues with my DSs of the late. I think about, well, if I just got rid of them, I could still play my DS games in my 3DS. But then that means that we no longer have the capability of playing those Game Boy Advance games. And there are a number of really good ones, whether, you know, the original, the the Advance War games or uh, the Final Fantasy, you know, re-releases that were done on there with the extra content over the SNES versions or whatnot. There's a lot of good, you know, uh, Game Boy Advance games. But gotta get your Tactics Ogre the Knight of Lotus on. Mm. <laughs> Final Fantasy Tactics. I was I was going for something that did not have a port anywhere else, and I couldn't, and that was the thing that came to mind. Uh. <laughs> oh, hmm, yeah, and you had to play the Wii. I think the Wii, but that's not really a handheld. Not quite. Not quite. Nah. So there's your answer. Next. All right. Next question. Uh, and this is from a foreign poster whose name shall not be mentioned, who says, between those three, GBA has way better games. No. I disagree. No. There, no. we're done. Um. No. <laughs> Moving on. Uh, all, this next one is also from Budai. We, we respect your opinion. It's completely wrong. Next. <laughs> Xenoblade 2 has been very well received by most fans, but received mixed opinions by the gaming media. Are you surprised that it didn't receive more acclaim? Or can you see why? I think it has some flaws, but it's still a wildly deep and fulfilling game. Yeah, I'm not that uh, surprised. <laughs> uh, I it's mean, a, like I like it a lot. It's just yeah. one of those like it's a game that doesn't explain itself super well and has a certain like appeal that a lot of people might not be into. <laughs> yeah, and if if you go back and look at some of the reactions to uh, the first Xenoblade Chronicles, they're Pretty similar. Yeah, and X. They're pretty similar. I mean, these are huge games that uh, take a long time to get through, and you know, a, a lot of a lot of people in the games media probably aren't playing it all the way through, and to be honest, is 
is it really fair to expect like people uh, who probably have to cover a bunch of games for their for their job to go through like a hundred hour RPG to you know get the full experience from it? I don't know if it is, and you know it's these massive RPGs just aren't everyone's thing either. So it doesn't surprise me, and I don't necessarily think it's it's that big a deal either. Part of the reason that it's good to have multiple sources is people disagreeing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, obviously lots of people on our site, myself included, loved it, and, you know, there's plenty of, you know, I, I'd like to see diverse opinions for games. It's It should be very rare when, you know, it's like universal acclaim, but it always seems like fans want it to be all one way or all the other, and it just it doesn't work that way, people. And I'll also tell you, I think we really get too fixated on this whole scoring, you know, yes. the scoring thing. Yes. Uh, for, you know, you really need to read those reviews and, and, and also consider the reviewer. Find out, you know, learn, you get to know the reviewers by their reviews and learn which ones who tend to have the same gaming preferences that you do. Uh, for me, for example, uh, you know, combat is is pretty important. So in playing the original Xenoblaze that I'm currently doing, I'm finding that I, if I was reviewing, now great, I'm only halfway through right now, so maybe I'll change my mind by the time I get, get done. But I'm finding that I went nearly rated as high as the critical acclaim it got across the board, mostly because I'm very, very frustrated, you know, with the AI and the combat. Um, but for, obviously, for the people who, a lot of the people who reviewed it, while it wasn't perfect, uh, that took a backseat to the very excellent story. So we each give different weights to different things because we all have different preferences as well. It's only when you go through the text carefully of a review that you see what it is that person really focused on, what they latched onto, both good and bad. And so that gives you a better picture uh, of what worked in that game, at least for that person, and, and whether or not that resonates with you. That's that's why I love to to, to read the reviews and not just uh, oh well it's got an eighty out of a hundred that that sounds pretty mediocre. <laughs> <laughs> it's like go and read it for yourself and read yeah, carefully and what's there reson- resonates with you, you know. Yeah, Michael. <laughs> oh, spot on. Read the damn reviews. Yeah, yeah, because you would be surprised. But and this is one of the reasons why I also say just go to RP Gamer. Yeah. <laughs> because because in all seriousness, boys and girls, money drives a lot of things. Okay, and if you don't under, if you don't know that, you're a little on the naive side. There's do your research on the internet about how a lot of the big sites have adjusted their reviews or editorialized their reviews because of the bottom dollar. Even made staffing changes even involving very good reviewers because because of that the bottom dollar and the advertisers involved and everything else money makes the world go around Re- and hits on the website make the money uh, make the world go around and our are getting paid right and we when we write a review number one you know we play the game all the way through our reviews and number two we're going to twist that review a certain way we're t- we really think after higher complete game as opposed to the professional guy that has to review three games in a week in like say to get through a hundred epic RPG 
Uh, hold on, Phil. Uh, I'm losing you. Alright, after some technical difficulties, we are back. Um, I think the one thing I want to mention, just to sum up the last question, is uh, RP Gamer is where you should go, because we actually finish games, and not a lot of sites can or really necessarily should do that. But yeah, we, we to review a game, we have to finish. We have to finish it, and I think that gives a different perspective than you see in a lot of different places. So uh, we gave Xenoblade Chronicles a 5 out of 5, and I think that may reflect on what a complete playthrough of the game can probably get you. So, you know, maybe there's maybe there's some tough middle parts of that game that some other reviewers couldn't get through. You know, I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't want to make, make a lot of assumptions. And, and and we like RPGs, right? That's why yes. we're on the, volunteering our time on the site, as opposed to a guy at IGN who's making his paycheck. You know, and maybe maybe he's a sports gamer. It did, but that you know what? Bobby called in sick. The RPG expert not here. <laughs> you got to cover this, Russ. Damn it! Yeah. I hate RPGs. Well, well, and I mean that's okay because it's good to get like a non a non-RPG perspective on some of these games because a lot oftentimes there could be some games like that that do have like a crossover appeal to people that don't normally play RPGs. But in general, you'll know where we're coming from. Right, and that's exactly. And here. yeah, and that's probably why you're listening to our show too. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, oh, hey, look at this next question. This is, this is a fantastic and well-structured oh, amazing question. And um, it's also super long, but yeah, wow, that's very long. That's <laughs> yeah, okay. Uh, the romancing saga games have been some of the most interesting RPGs I've ever played. With romancing saga three being the most baffling, insane RPG I've played. There is literally a mini game side quest in romancing saga three involving capitalism, where piles of money are being shifted around on the screen, and you are battling people for their assets and investing. I don't know. Crazy and hilarious game. Higher. Highly entertaining and frustrating. Um, that sounds saga. <laughs> yeah, I wonder if he's playing the fan translation or if he knows Japanese. I'm not too sure. Alternatively, if he's playing blind, which is an even more terrifying prospect. <laughs> yes. Granted, I've only just started playing Romancing... I've only just barely played Romancing Saga 2 or 3, but I am excited to master them. I've only beaten the remake of the first one, Minstrel Song, uh impenetrable for casual gamers but rewarding for those who invest in it much like the much maligned but excellent albeit incomplete game unlimited saga yes folks it's a good game i swear by it even though everyone seems to hate it but i digress this is how i uh yes. anyone want to comment on this before we all start to collapse from having to read on <laughs> You want to comment now? Can, should I finish reading this, or do you want to comment now before I finish reading this? I, I think, yeah, I think we got. Well, I think we got some comments here, right? Yeah, <laughs> I just, 
if I'm supposed to take notes because you're going on, I feel like there's so many things I want to say, but I, am I supposed to hold on to this? Start going now. Yeah, just start going now, and then we'll finish off with reading the rest of what he says here, because this is more about how he approaches Kawazu games. So we can talk about some of the games he's talk about, uh, talked about now, and then we'll re- I'll read the rest of it. So, uh, Limited Saga. Oh, man. Wow. Uh, what a yeah. game. Yeah, it's it's a game all right. I no, believe no. one day I will understand it. I have to believe this. <laughs> you know, ever, ever, you know, there's a game out there for everybody, and for everybody, there's a game, and and you're you are welcome to like, and, and you have your right to your You're wrong. You're just, <laughs> you're just no. I tried to like Unlimited Saga. I really did. I, I, I there. I do, I do think there is a good game buried deeply in there that you could slice and carve out if you had access to the source code and could fix a lot of things but uh, I mean I, I understand it is possible to have a ton of enjoyment with that game because there are there's a lot of intricate systems in there there's it's got a lot of good plot of the stuff that makes Saga great just uh, so much of it is just freaking stupid <laughs> it, it's 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 a tall order a, that's not what I would say. It's a ridiculous order to expect, like anyone to to put up with learning how to play that game to enjoy it. And you know, if if you're one of the few people who is able to do it, you know, two thumbs up. Uh, I'm very glad you can do it. I hope I get there at some point too. Just um, part of being a good game to me is. Um, not necessarily being easy to access, but not, but at least giving a path for the player to figure out your damn game for the love of God. On the other hand, I also I can't say that I know that Unlimited Saga is bad because I don't actually understand it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like it might actually be good at what it's doing. I don't know. Uh, uh yeah. Jeez, uh, and this is uh, you know uh, for me personally, and 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 I understand some of you might be saga fans. I, I want to like like sagas that series that I played three of them, so I can't maybe maybe I'm just keep hitting the wrong ones. Which, but even in playing Romance of Saga two, which I'm playing now, it's the series I really really want to like. But then I die I, I dive into it, and there's just every single one just has so many like issues that pull me out of the experience it, it seems to me like they come to the table when we talk about pen and paper role-playing games there's the story and then there's the system that you use like let's say you're going to play with Dungeons yeah. <laughs> dragons fifth edition right now what you get are some dms who spend more time coming up with extra extra systems to add to the game like kingdom building or guild uh you know relationship rules he's so busy adding stuff underneath the hood he doesn't put nearly as much time into the plot into the story and that's for me, anyways. I feel like the saga games I played—they—they're all fresh. Every th- the three that I played are completely different from each other. They're completely different from any JRPG because they have all these different systems underneath the hood. But but they 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 like I'll I'll, I'll pick on romancing saga too. So you're go- you're got this this system set up to where you're going to advance the story by hundreds of years as you hit certain plot points. Um, and that seems pretty cool. And, and of course, then that means you're going to have a different hero. He inherits the skills from the previous hero, so you don't feel like, from a role-playing perspective, you lost. 
you know, your level progress or whatever have you. Again, kind of cool. Um, so I like all of these ideas on paper. You're playing a dynasty. You're playing the story of a country. Um, okay, that's really neat. And so the first time the story, you know, passed forward 100 and 150 years uh, because I hit a certain plot point, I'm like, ooh, I've got a new, now I'm controlling a queen instead of a king, and and she's got a different name, and she's got to go get different retain, uh, different troops to go out with her to, to expand the kingdom. Okay, great, great concept, and we've got the systems underneath the hood to support all this. Then I walk into, out into the town. Same NPCs. Somehow they've survived 150 <laughs> years. And that old guy who's like, I hope I live to see the bridge built. He's still waiting to see the bridge built 150 years later. There's it's just a guard- his identical great-grandson. It's fine. Oh, <laughs> then there's a garden that they planted. That you planted as, that I planted as a king earlier. And it's had a seedling tree in it. 150 years later, it's still a seedling. It's this, this <laughs> tree. And it's just, then you go to a town... And it's the same thing. Like, I went to this one town. This lady was waiting for her son 150 years later. She's still waiting for her son. Um, and there's another town. And, and now I'll get away from that particular complaint about, you know, you've just missed this opportunity that 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 Dragon Quest V did so well with the generations and the, and the NPC saying different things over the years. Or Dragon Quest Seven that I'm playing that has a lot of time issue, you know, travel in it and did that really well. But then just take for the fact that I went to another town and just the fact that there's 12 NPCs and they all say the same exact dang nabbit thing. I don't expect Shakespeare. I don't. I, I understand we're talking a Super Nintendo era game. I, I don't expect a book. But at least make them say something different. Change the color of their hair. Something. And, and it takes me so far out of the experience. And I'm mostly a combat and a systems guy. I normally like games with deep combat systems and and story meh who cares but it's so poorly done because they're so focused on these so that's my take i just i just ugh. go ahead i'm sure i've just offended somebody oh, i'm deeply offended how but dare I also respect your opinion how, how dare you <laughs> you gotta say but you're wrong phil <laughs> well you're wrong sorry, phil like like I think that like it's a situation where like I respect so much the ambition of what's being done and like you know like I, I mentioned we I don't want to rehash what we talked about on the last episode but just quickly say like you can do things that like are very clearly like you kind of have to accept the abstraction that sometimes a quest isn't happening until you've accepted it and chosen to do it because otherwise things just won't fall into place but then sometimes you get to like really crazy things that's just like we talked about like an early scenario last time where like you go and help decide who will run a kingdom and like if you die and or leave the area like that kingdom goes into a horrifying hell fail state and like trying to dig your way out of that is basically an entirely different quest (laughs) it's like the sort of thing that you didn't see in any rpg at that time and it's kind of amazing that it exists at all yeah it's definitely romancing saga 2 is highly ambitious you have to. It, it depends upon how much like that, how charmed you are by that ambition, yeah. that and, willingness to buck the status quo. And I think part of it is definitely it certainly did not have the budget that like Dragon Quest Five probably had, and also just like I don't think it has necessarily had the focus. Like obviously we love uh, the Maestro Kawazu, uh, but I think. As far as game design goes, um, he probably has a little too much ambition at times, and could probably 
serve to rein it in sometimes. So, but, but at the same yeah. time, I wouldn't love him so much if he yeah, wasn't exactly. willing to just go no. all, all in. We love we love the insanity. I so I wouldn't be going on like I wouldn't be like several games deep into an attempt to play every single game that he has had a like guiding hand on. Exactly, but you know when that makes it harder for people to get a game or harder for people to it just makes I don't know it, it's just I, I perfectly understand why it, why it's not everyone's cup of tea yeah uh, I will say I will say that if you were to look at Romancing Saga 2 as a little bit more of a strategy you know like sim almost type of game and, and in those games like we'll talk about Monster Hunter right no one's talking about the great writing in Monster Hunter. It's not a thing. It's yeah. really about the gameplay. And you say that about like strategy games, like you play, you know, talk about the classic like Age of Empires and stuff like that. No one cares about the stories. They're poorly written. Who cares? You play for the gameplay. So if you look at the ambition here and you look at the gameplay, you kind of look at it from that perspective and you ignore the fact that the the RPG story elements kind of meh. <laughs> It, it, it's it's it, there's a lot of deepness underneath the hood oh, yeah. in romancing saga too let me tell you boys and girls you want to work on min maxing through the generation so that your final you know your final dynasty rocks the tools are there the toy box is full knock yourself out read a game pack by the way <laughs> yes there's a very good game pack there's only one available yeah. and it's um written by this uh michael baker guy yeah. Yeah. No idea who that might be. Yes. Hmm. Wonder who that stranger is, that mass stranger. <laughs> Mysterious stranger. <laughs> who saved the community by writing that FAQ. Well, you know he wrote it like uh like ten or fifteen years ago too. Long so. ago and far away. Yes. Before we even had an English version of the of the damn game, so Really? Yeah. Huh. Yeah, look <laughs> I mean I knew I'm I'm like looking it up now because I actually <laughs> I'm like, I'm wondering if it's the one I was using. Let's see here. So I'm on Game Facts. I'll bet, it's, I I bet it was because I'm pretty sure there are no other ones. Weekend Risk Taker? There's, there's other ones, but there's, yeah. Weekend. I think there's it's like, Weekend, Weekend Risk Taker. Is that you? Yeah, that's him. That's, oh my gosh, it's Michael Baker. Look yeah. at that. Yeah, who would have guessed? I had no idea. Yeah. I hadn't yeah. like he, I didn't realize what was going on until he brought it up on our last podcast, and I was I had already used the guide before. <laughs> oh my god, that is awesome, dude! Well, thank you so much. I mean, I I want to take a moment to thank you because honestly, I would have not even gotten this far, and I'm still going to play more of it because I want to talk about it more. I want to write some articles on it. Um, but I wouldn't have gotten nearly this far if it wasn't for this FAQ. Yeah. And I don't think we take enough time to thank the people who take the time out to put these together, especially for these tougher games yeah. that, honestly, you don't have much of a hope without them. Yeah. You should ask them about that the next time you have them on uh, the backtrack. Well, we'll have to have a romancing saga, too, and have to have them on. Oh, yeah. Oh, uh, but thank you. That 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 was that was really great. I, I, I remember like using to, to get the, the thief chick. I remember looking this up. Mm -hmm. So I'm just looking through it right now. Yeah, it was very helpful. And explain to me how some of the systems work. Because the game doesn't do a super great job of explaining the systems. Just going to put that out there, boys yeah. and girls. It's not yeah. even really trying to. Yeah. But yeah. I can't remember where I found. Oh, I had to find the instruction book on Nintendo's website. Just the original <laughs> instruction book. 
and think of that maybe i was missing stuff from the instruction book but honestly i did find it it is there on their website of course they they, they translated that um i i don't know where you find it on your switch because uh, i bought it of course off the e-store but the instruction book while it does have some some information you want to be aware of it still doesn't do a great job of explaining yeah. uh, systems underneath the hood so that's where your faq totally rocked so thank you so much well, that reminds me that the instruction manual for Unlimited Saga is completely useless. <laughs> Mine didn't come with it, so I was. Uh, you didn't, you didn't miss game, anything. I think the game Unlimited Saga is completely useless, except <laughs> as a coaster. No, I'm just okay. I'm being you know, bad. It's a though. very pretty game. Yeah, I mean, it is. It is very pretty. It I, is pretty. I've played some really bad games, most of them from Idea Factory. And you know, I would play Sick burn on Idea Factory out of nowhere. I would gladly play a hundred hours on Limited Saga than five hours of any of those pieces of crap. So Mugen Soul Z. I have not actually played that, and thankfully, I still. Someone have... tried to trick you into that one. Yeah, thankfully, <laughs> thankfully, I still have not been gifted Mugen Souls on Steam. Thank God. Thank God. One day when I get a when I get more disposable income, I'm just going to do that. To you. Mugen Souls, really? Steam, yes. yes, yes, it does. You know, I just got my paycheck. Oh, no, 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 don't do it. Don't you dare. Souls. Uh, oh, we got two of them too. We got Souls and Z. Oh wow. Okay. May not be appropriate for users of all ages and stuff. Ah, oh, that's okay. Perhaps, perhaps it's probably old enough. <sighs> all right. Well, he's apparently he's doing that. Boy. I'm gonna finish reading the rest of this. This guy's. Uh... It's actually got a positive review. Eighty-one percent average. <laughs> what? What? Yeah. Eugen Soul Z, eighty-one percent positive. Oh, that's that's it's pretty. It's got good. a very self-selecting audience. It's, it's got to be a good game. Okay. Oh, oh, and and Eugen Souls, the original one, mostly positive. Two hundred reviews, mostly positive. So uh, I think that'll be a very great birthday slash Christmas present for a certain certain person I know that helped me so much with RPG Backtrack podcast. Wow. All right. Okay. All right. Let me read the rest of this before I go insane. But I digress. This is how I approach Quasar games in general. At first, I'm baffled by their insane design and, um, and am obsessed with figuring out how they work. And as I keep replaying it, I come to realize how it works. And I enjoy the process immensely. This is actually how I played the original saga, Final Fantasy Legend. That's me saying that, by the way. Not the, not, not this dude. Uh, there is much suffering in this process, but it's the uneven challenge that leads me to be on my feet, ready to get owned at any moment. This is just this is just not an experience I've gotten anywhere else. It's kind of amazing these games even exist and are getting ported and translated. I don't know who is going to play them in an age where RPG conventions and hand-holding dictate you should never get lost or confused or have of obfuscated mechanics. Romancing Saga breaks all the rules. It crushes them and then throws them in the garbage, showing the, showing you that you can have fun being punished and lost in the dark as long as you have an adventurous spirit. So yes, I'm excited and terrified to play Romancing Saga 2. As game designer, 
Messiah Matsura says, go forth and do weird and difficult things. That's from BME Sick. Perhaps there's a better, so, way, to, better way to pronounce that name, but I don't know. So BM, uh, BME Sick it is. First, I really appreciate how that's worded. That's very well written. Yes. So wrong, but very no, <laughs> uh, very well worded. So here's the thing about RPG. You know, I'm a, I do a lot of DMing for Dungeon Dragons and the such. And, and here's one of those things about RPG design when it comes to, and to kind of answer your question of why. I guess in a way uh, you, you didn't really ask this, but I'm, I'm, you know, why, why don't we see? Why do we have so much handholding? And and why, why, why don't more, ga- more games do what Romancing Saga did, which is basically make it very difficult to figure shit, you know, shiz out. Um, so in a pen and paper role playing game, there's combat encounters. Uh, there's role playing encounters where you know you might have the the party come up and try to convince the king to do something for them, whatever. Having I mean, they got to role play it out and convince him, uh, and there could be some rolling of the dice or you know voice acting or whatever. And then there's the third thing, which is puzzles and 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 questions. Right. The thing with puzzles is assuming it's a puzzle that's critical for the party to progress is that it can completely stop the forward progress of the game if the party doesn't get it. So if there's a Sphinx, for example, that asks the party a riddle and the Sphinx won't move away from the door and there's no alternative, you've either got, you've got to answer this question or, or you're not going to get past the door. And by the way, the thing that you need to finish the main quest of the story or at least continue it is behind that door. Um, if the party talks together and figures out the answers to the riddle, it, it's great. They feel satisfied. They feel like they progressed. They feel accomplished. However, and I've had this happen before, I've had like simplest riddles and the party people talk among themselves and they can't figure it out. And 20 minutes go by, 30 minutes come by. And you start thinking, idea, should I give them a hint? But it's not really, you know, without meddling, there's no really good way I had set up to give them a hint. I thought they were going to figure it out. And and they didn't, and and so much of the game hinges on this, um, and that that becomes a problem. So I learned as a DM to not put anything critical into a game design that hinges on a puzzle, because if they don't figure it out, it stops everything. Now, if it's optional, it's it's like an extra weapon or whatever have you. The Sphinx will give them a blessing if they answer the question. Either way, they're going to continue the quest. That's fine. But when it's actually something that's critical for the game the plot to progress, the story to progress, that's where it becomes an issue. We saw that with early RPGs. Like, I'll pick on Dragon Quest 1. In the main quest, there is, and I forget the exact details, but you had to to go through a hidden passageway to continue the main story. And you had to find it. And you didn't even know it was there. There was one NPC that gave a very vague clue and hint that you had to start looking for hidden passages. And it was pretty vague at that. And if you didn't catch on to that, which I did not... You could literally spend hours and hours and hours just walking around talking to everybody over and over again, and you still may not get it. And for some of us, that just meant, you know what, I'm quitting the game, and I never got to experience the rest of what the the content people, the time and, and effort they put into building this beautiful game. So that's what puzzles and things like that can do. So I get that you feel excited that you can look around, and eventually you figure out and you feel super accomplished, but... It, it does turn off a rather large percentage of the population. Mm. And and even if you're, you know, even no matter how you feel about it, understand that other people, uh, you know, aren't getting to experience that content because of that. So that's where you're seeing, of course, with more modern day gaming, that, you know, game develop has advanced over the years and, and they're figuring out, or game design, and they're figuring out, let's not put anything 
super critical in puzzle things like this. So, so yeah, you will find hidden weapons, hidden classes, hidden things, even like Horizon Zero Dawn, the coolest armor of the game. You have to find five pieces of whatever that are kind of hidden or you look it up in a fact like I did. And, you know, but but if, if you, you know, but but there was enough there to tell you that it existed and that you should look for it and if you you want to do that all on your own and feel accomplished you could. And it's there. But you didn't have to to complete the game. You you, you could get by without it. And that's that's what that so those elements are in modern day game design. They simply don't stop. They simply have learned not to make it something so important that it completely stops your progress in the plot. Like back in the old days. Makes sense. <laughs> uh, if you like. Uh, well, I would I would say on the flip side of that, you know, you were totally like right about all everything you just said. I think there's one there's one element of tabletop RPGs that I th- I don't think. Uh, for the longest time, really made its way into modern games, and that would that is basically the role-playing element and the you know kind of exploring this imaginary world that that kind of thing, like being able to and being able to kind of go off on weird directions and challenging your DM to come up with stuff. Uh, like I remember one time, respond to my mad whim. Like I remember one time, our DM decided had to go to the bathroom or something, and when he came back, we were like, "Yeah, we have turned evil." Wow. <laughs> How are you going to handle this? You must uh, be a laugh riot trying to deal with you. <laughs> no, it was actually pretty entertaining. We uh, I forget how that campaign ended. We took down a flying city or something, and. I think that's called the Avengers too. Um. Yeah, except we were basically Ultron, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you know, it is speaking speaking specifically of tabletop RPGs. Uh, that's kind of the interesting thing in um. Uh, Unlimited Saga is that it basically, in a lot of ways, apes a uh, a tabletop game. Because uh, you have to use skills like swim to get through, for example, to s- go to different areas. It's kind of roll like, the roulette wheel, see yeah, if you pass your swim check. The, like the board, the whole board game layout, which is what always kind of drew me to the game to begin with. But uh, and I really wish it, a lot about it was better designed because I really would like a game like that that kind of plays more like just a, a slow-paced table RP, tabletop RPG and to some extent, maybe leaves a bit more to the imagination and focuses more on the overall like role playing and exploring aspects, and not so much on like the fine visual minutia of like, okay, I need to show the graphics for everywhere you're exploring. You need to be able to walk around and everything, and where that's maybe not completely necessary all the time. Have Have you heard of Crimson Shroud? I have played Crimson Shroud, yes. Ah, is, yeah, I'm sorry, you were just reminding me of Crimson yeah, Shroud. Yeah, that's, that's another good one that does the same thing. And I, I think another aspect of that is I think you can make, I don't want to necessarily say a bigger game than uh, exists now, but I think you can make like a lot more interesting adventures if you could 
if there were more if there was more like that like you could make you could just it's it's almost like um they'd be oh, almost... we saw that saw that with Dragon Age Origins right because yeah. they because they instead of doing like a big FMV cutscene for the endings they went with text endings yeah. because they wanted to be able to have a lot more possibilities of what those how those endings could unravel based on the choices and the decisions and the relationships you made. So yes, when you focus more on text and a board game approach, so to speak, like you're painting, you allow for a lot more possibilities yeah. because uh, if nothing else, you can put more time and effort yeah. rather than fancy graphics and everything yeah, that's, else. That's what I'm trying to say. If if there were some, some more RPGs that could do that, I think we I think we're missing out on like some interesting experiences because everything has to be so visual. Whereas, yeah, I think it it I, if you simplify the approach, I think you know they, there's some interesting things we could find there, and you know. Uh, as much maligned as Unlimited Saga is, I think the general, like, the overall idea there is solid. Like, ha- had the design been good and you didn't have to press R- freaking R3 to rest, uh, I think there could have been something really fun there. And, you know, like, Crim- Crimson Shroud, I-, I don't think is, like, a-, a huge leap away from what Unlimited Saga was trying to be, and that's a really cool game. So, uh, I, would, I, I would love some more RPGs that kind of ape the tabletop style and focus on like the general, like, uh, yeah, something like that, like the mi- trying to mimic a tabletop style and focusing more on text and being able to do some interesting things there. I would say that uh, my general defense of Saga as a whole, and to a lesser extent Unlimited, because I don't fully understand the game, but, <laughs> like, my general defense would be to reference back to something Kawazu said in a recent interview, where, like, people were asking, like, someone asked what his opinion was on video, on Saga-style games, that have, like, a few of them started to pop up from places like Furyu, and he basically said that, like, you know, if, if more of these existed, he would just be able to play them instead of making them. Because <laughs> playing them is more fun. But, like, the the thought process, and I kind of agree with it, is that, like, yeah, there are, there are definitely flaws in these games, but they, they address fundamentally different ideas about where the enjoyment from an RPG can come from than a lot of mainstream games. Right. And so, they, in that sense, they they're all the more important for, like, this idea that you know, they expand what the genre can mean, and like it, you kind of have to. I, I kind of have to cut them some slack because they there's nothing else I can play that will give me the kind of experience that a saga game will give me. Right. Kind of reminds me of way back in the day, in the when I had the D original D and D books, there was a in those older books there was a way to play D and D solo. Oh yeah. It, you might remember it had yeah. like random dungeons, random monsters, strict rules you followed, but it was a totally different way to play. Could that give you anything close to, let's say, a regular pen and paper? Of course not. But it was a completely different way, you know, to play. And it wasn't perfect. Like you said, you had to cut a lot of slack. It was something totally different, but it was a way to play that you couldn't find like anywhere else at the time. You still really can't. Yeah. Um, you know, so that's no, it's a it's a it's it's a really good point. 
And like, hopefully that someone is, like, because Kawazu, you know, by his own admission, he can't last forever. I remember in that same interview, I think I mentioned this last time, he says, like, they, they asked him, would you make a remake of Saga Frontier if you had the chance? And his response was, I don't think that any god will allow me to live long enough to do, to go to the effort that that would take, but I would like to. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, I, I would hope that there is that there are designers that want to pick up the torch of producing these sort of, like, more more back-to-basics, more like, here's a different take on the RPG, and, like, sometimes that might mean tabletop, but, you know, these different ideas of what an RPG means, and, like, especially because no one else makes Saga-style games. Yeah. I think about, like, in pen and paper, just the, the idea of death. Like, mm-hmm. it, it, that's so different from a video game. In a video game, if your party wipes, generally speaking, it's game over, reload. Um, and you just rewind the clock. In my pen and paper games, when a party wipes, it becomes the beginning of something new. Does, mm. do, you know, I always ask the party, do you feel like your character stories are done? Or do you feel like they've just begun? Uh, depending on how they answer that question, determines, well, if they say, well, we, we still, you know, feel like these characters still have a lot of story left. Well, okay, now it's up to me to determine whether the villain, you know, maybe took your bodies to do something with and eventually resurrected you, and now you got to break free of that bondage. Or maybe, you know, a paladin found your corpses, recognized you as heroes of the land. He's going to resurrect you, but now you owe the church. But if you say, no, we're kind of, we feel like this is this character's, it's their end. Well, okay, now what are the consequences of the party failing? How did, mm-hmm. what happened with the bad guy who's trying to take over the town or the world or enacting whatever plan? And now you're the next generation or the next set of heroes or whatever have you, but now you're living in this world where this went wrong. Mm-hmm. You know, so there's so many different options. Could you imagine if, like you said, you took all of the millions of dollars that go into a AAA title for all of its extra production value and you were to put that all underneath the hood and how you know the stories worked out? Mm. And Just instead of, like, dazzle, you put it into breadth. Yeah. Yes, could, yes. Could you imagine? It, it would just be... Yeah, it would be mind-blowing. It would be a completely <laughs> different kind of high-budget RPG, and it would be interesting <laughs> to see even one company make that attempt, but they might also face a sharehold, shareholder revolt, so... Yeah. <laughs> so the meantime... Be 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 nice to your local GM. He's yes. doing what they're not. <laughs> it's true. I've got a D and D game in the morning, actually. <laughs> nice. Let's see, so uh, there's actually a lot of saga discussion that we might want to move into. Uh, yeah, there was a ton more uh, on the forum thread that I was going to save because there was just too much to go through now. So, but there is one more mm-hmm. I did include here, which is from. Uh, already party is he says I like the remakes of the original saga games but haven't played the romancing trilogy I didn't care much for the frontier games given their countless points of no return and the consequential need to keep multiple save files haven't played unlimited and I'm not sure if I want to uh, what the points of no return on the frontier games I don't really remember what he was referring to there I think some storylines have situations where, like, you're just going to get locked out of quests, and that's just sort of a thing you have to deal with. Yeah, I. But, uh, I think, I think on some level, like that, that's philosophically intended. It's sort of like how, like, you lose characters in Romancing Saga Two, and that's just sort of a thing that you have to accept is going to happen because yeah. that's how the game is built. 
in this case, it's like you're going to miss things in Saga Frontier and the game expects you to be okay with the fact that that's going to just happen sometimes. Yeah, I was going to say that's that's a thing I'm totally okay with. I, and in fact, I like the idea of things. I, I know that hurts completionists, but I really like the idea of things that you can permanently miss because it makes it makes the world and the experience and the story feel more dynamic instead of just, oh, you know... Uh, you can hit like, ev- you can hit every check mark in the game. Yippee! Like Romancing Saga's time system is designed around this as well. Like you'll adva- you can't advance things to the point where they can't happen anymore. Yeah. And like that's it's on some level it's designed to break you of the need to like well I have to optimize I have to do everything I have to plan this and do and execute this plan exactly as I intended to like everything about the game is designed to break you away from the idea that you can solve it and that you can get everything and have that there's a perfect play state that exists somewhere. Yeah. And to bring up a recent game uh, in Xenoblade Chronicles 2, and I think this was the case in the first game as well, uh, even if the story dic- dictates that you're kind of stuck in one place, you can warp anywhere in the world to do any quests. And while that makes everything it's very convenient it makes this very convenient and it makes everything in the game accessible it takes you out of the story because they're talking about how we're you know stuck in this one place uh whereas you can go wherever the heck you want and you know i'm <laughs> excuse me i'm only as stuck as my menu says i am <laughs> and from a gameplay perspective i'm okay with that because it makes the game fine to play but i i really it really makes me appreciate a game that really focuses in on you know making the overall experience make sense and to me part of that is things can and should be missable because it makes sense in a story it makes sense in a world sometimes even doing one thing should preclude having done another exactly but mike the trees don't grow and the old men don't die Listen, you had to sacrifice something for that ability to pass things down to your inheritors. You're actually going in 150 days, not 150 years. <laughs> oh, okay. All right, that helps. But wait a minute. Then why do my other people die? Why do my warriors die? I what don't do you do when this. your king dies? <laughs> oh, they all throw themselves on the sword. Yeah, you're on, no, you're no. They're going on your funeral pyre. They don't get the sweet release of death before the pyre. <laughs> <laughs> I have ginned up the worst possible explanation and the most horrifically violent one imaginable. You know, now it's starting to come together. I should have come to the FAQ expert to have all of my concerns addressed. Now it hey, makes I'm not sense. the one who wrote the FAQ. <laughs> uh, I will write as many stupid things as you want until you, until you're willing to accept this terrible idea that I'm having. <laughs> uh, all right. Good See. times. All right. What's next in the question list? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> Another one from Budai. Did you ever take part in System Wars arguments in real life or online? Yes. Uh, if so, yes. which system were you arguing for, aga- for uh, against the... Where you are? Were you arguing for and against the other when I, I was young? I often argued in the SNES's favor against Genesis fans. I remember one kid on the playground saying Nintendo cares about parents, Sega cares about the kids, since they get 
got blood in Mortal Kombat. Oh, for the love of God! The SNES port was better. Okay, I don't care. It doesn't that the even matter because it blood. doesn't matter God because Mortal Kombat was a bad game. Yes, that's, that's also true. <laughs> but like, yeah, no, I was, I was a super. Like, I feel like RPG fans are disproportionately going to be weighted in favor of the Super Nintendo over the yeah. Genesis, just because there was a lot more RPGs on the Super Nintendo. Uh, yeah, I definitely took part in this, even though I had, uh, I've over the course of the years I've had everything, so uh, it's kind of stupid for me to be arguing about anything. I'm sure that I'm like in some sense still probably some sort of sleeper Manchurian candidate for Nintendo because like I was because that's what you like. Children don't have a lot to build identities around, so they build identities around toys. Yeah. I think the bigger one for me was uh, Mac versus PC. Oh, heavens. I was 100%. Wheels, regale me of your time at Inside Mac Gaming. Yeah. Uh, I That was the thing that I did. And Let's talk about how sad you felt when Halo was announced for the Xbox. Uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then edits me out of existence. God damn it. Uh, but, yeah, like, you know, children don't have a lot to build their identities around, so they inevitably I build them around, like, toys, and also, uh, I did this intentionally, and then I did it ironically as I grew older, and then I got bored of doing that, so I stopped doing it entirely, other than the fact that I can't erase the subconscious joy that streams through my brain when I think about a Super Nintendo. <laughs> I mean, to be honest, I think a lot of my, like, console system defending has been like defending systems and not necessarily attacking others like um I want to say like defending the DS and the 3DS and things like that and you know not a lot of trying to bring down other systems because hey I I love if there's a cool game on a system I will want that system I eventually made up for my uh for my Genesis my anti-Genesis bias by playing all of the Fantasy Star games in a row in a way that nearly destroyed me. Yes. Mostly because they're just very hard, not because I had any problems with them. <laughs> the one thing I will say, though, is that my Sega Saturn is still going, and my PlayStation required being uh, run upside down until I just got rid of this stupid thing. <laughs> Let me tell you about uh, how the fact about the fact that I don't think I've ever owned a Sony console that did not break in some fashion. <laughs> PlayStation stopped reading discs. PS2 stopped reading discs. PSP's screen broke in some capacity. <sighs> they did not drop it. I just mean that like it like wouldn't like nothing. It just it got bad. It was bad. Uh, PlayStation Three like. Uh, there was a laundry list of things that went wrong with that. Um, PS Vita has not successfully been used enough to break. PS4, like, work in progress. We see where that ends. So, yeah, not great. Not great. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm with you. I probably spent more defending you know, the platforms that I like, just in those conversations that come up, but it usually comes down to the fact that, you know, I'm an RP gamer, so I'll gravitate towards, like, the PlayStation consoles that were really, really had a lot more uh, RPGs than their Xbox and Wii counterparts, yeah. you know, at the time. 
uh, and they, you know, kind of sort of still do. But um, uh, yeah, I'm with you. I don't I really get into a whole lot of a whole lot of console wars, you know, par yeah. se. At the end of the day, you like what you're going to like. You may be wrong, of course, but you have an opinion. I respect it. Yeah, I mean, the bigger thing is just you know, you're gonna you're gonna get the system that has the games that you like, which is not the same for everyone. So, you know, it's all good. And nowadays, it's also where your friends are at, right? I mean, if you were in a Halo and shooting, you're probably an Xbox fanboy. If you were, you know, more into RPGs and the such, then you're probably with uh, with me on the PlayStation side. If you're into, and the game real. If you're, oh, go ahead. If you're into both, you've probably played Destiny with me. <laughs> oh no, we're not discussing. No, Destiny no, is talking off limits. The correct answer to everything is Monster Hunter. So whether well, you're yes. Xbox or your PlayStation or your your team PC, Monster Hunter is Monster Hunter World is the correct answer. It's a dark world. It's a dark it's monster. It's a unifying world. force that brings us all together, even though it's not cross-platform play. But it, it's still the it, we can talk about it. Monster Hunter. We had one what other. If you're qu- playing it, no one has to get hurt. We had. A, I had. A, while you guys were taking so long to answer that question, I received another <laughs> question from Twitter. What is going to be the best game of 2018? And of course, the answer is Monster Hunter World. That was easy. Wow. That's well, great. I can't believe it's already over. Already done. <laughs> Just lock it in, no, boys no, and girls. No. I, I love me some Monster Hunter, but what else is coming out this year? Probably a lot, but I don't know off the top of my head. <laughs> Could be Mega Man 11. Nah, it's not an RPG. Okay. <laughs> oh, that's right. He said RPG. Maybe it will be an RPG. Must. I, I feel mm. like that's probably not the case. Mm. I'm just gonna be gonna go with my gut here. So did you did you really 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 think like nine and ten were super awesome, better than Mega Man two? Blah blah blah. No, I think they you thought were, that of nine. <laughs> they were re- they were really good. Uh, but I would at this point I would prefer more X games. Yeah, I'm really just waiting for them to explain, to elucidate on how they're going to release all of the X games. Very excited for when they, in when someone starts asking angrily at the Capcom Twitter where Mega Man X Command Missions re-releases. <laughs> there you go. A that's... perfectly generic object. There you go. That'll happen, and that'll be the best RPG. Of... There you go. All right. Done no, deal. Has anyone no, else it's... played Mega Man X Command Mission? Did I hallucinate that game? No. No, no. I, I ha- played it. I have okay. a copy. I have a copy. I have played have it. It was, it was just like, if you just took, like, the most generic RPG for the PS2 you could think of, and then you just dumped a bunch of Mega Man art on top of it. Most generic I could think of. How do you even do that? <laughs> In conclusion, it's not actually a bad game, but I would actually probably recommend a bad game first because it would be more memorable. Mm-hmm. So you'd recommend playing a Breath of Fire before playing that game? Perhaps a Dragon Quarter? No, you, well, you said recommend a bad game. No, you, you no, see, those you games see are all uh, You see what I did there? I did see what you did there. <laughs> uh, like, Mega Man X Command Mission is Breath of Fire 5. Breath of Fire Dragon Quarter is its own beautiful beast that I can separate away from that series that I don't care about. (laughs) (laughs) Hmm. (sighs) 
In conclusion, the best uh, RPG of the year will be the Mega Man X Legacy Collection. Oh, jeez. Monster <laughs> Hunter. Monster Hunter. Well, there is that... Uh, what else is... What the heck else is even coming out this year? Some sort of pocket monster. Uh, Lost uh, Lost Sphere, which actually comes... Oh, yeah, that already came out in Japan. That'll be out next week. Let me just tell you about how much Tokyo RPG Factory is definitely getting shut down. No, actually, I just started playing I Am Setsuna recently, and it's actually a lot of fun. Well, what I was going to say was uh, Lost Sphere sold worse than I Am Setsuna. Uh, Well, well, maybe it'll do okay here. If America can somehow save it, I will be pleased. They had had like a, um, a... So they have a physical edition, which I believe is exclusive to their uh, Square Enix's online store, and I believe it sold out, so that's that's something, something. I guess. Oh yeah, I forgot the actual best RPG of the year, and that's uh, Yakuza 6. (laughs) (laughs) I got things to say. I got fights to have. No one wants it. No one wants a piece of this. I take it. No, well, no, because it's, it's going to be Monster Hunter. So your opinion, yeah. your opinion sorry, has been invalidated. I'm sorry, it's Yakuza. Monster yeah. Hunter would be a fine second place, but we we respect your right to have an opinion. You're simply wrong. So, we, we respect your right to have incorrect opinions. You could punch a Rathalos to death. <laughs> That would be funny. I would actually watch that. I would pay to play that, actually. Yeah, yeah, that would be pretty hilarious. Uh, Yakuza Hunter? Fist of the North Star Yakuza this year. I I would play... I would absolutely play Yakuza Hunter. That would be pretty awesome. Is that hunting Yakuza, or are you the hunter as a Yakuza? Yes. Both. (laughs) Yes. It's it's all that. You You will craft helmets out of killed and flayed Yakuza. Exactly. Uh, let's see. I'm looking at the list of other things. Nino Kuni Two is coming out that I don't trust to be good. Um, it could. It could. It could. Uh, it, could um, it could be. Uh, okay. No. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Metal Max Zeno. Uh, Dragon Quest Eleven. If we get it this year. Yeah, Dragon Quest Eleven could be a big contender. Uh, I presume we'll get it this year. It's just a question of what platforms we get it on. Does, does it have a... I, 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 I can't really tell from watching these demos. Does it have a turn-based combat system? Yes. Yeah, it's turn-based yes. on both consoles. Okay. Because I swear if they take one more series and turn it into a Kingdom Hearts rip-off all of Final Fantasy XV, I'm going to pop. <laughs> we can have that discussion someday <laughs> later. Uh, <laughs> what can I case, do for you? That, hey, wrong Final Fantasy. That's like that's long ago. But, uh, but no, like a uh, freaking DQ11. It just has a much. It has a more dynamic appearance in combat for PS4 and presumably Switch. Since the only thing we really know about the Switch version is that they're trying to uh, is that they're having issues with like making sure that all the issues with the UE4 port is resolved, which means it's definitely being ported from the PS4 version. Yeah. I mean, a big thing for for me is that I just want to be able to control the party. Like, I like Final Fantasy XII, even though it's a more real-time combat system, because of the gambits. Mm. It gives me full control. Where Xenoblade makes me want to slip my wrist when... (laughs) when when, That's dark. 
when the healer decides that instead of healing us when oh, we're yeah. all about to die, she's going to shoot somebody in the head. Or the tank guy just completely ignores all the little ads that just jumped in because he's too focused on something else. Well, do, you, do you use the... Um, uh, I forget what the heck the name of the ability is. Where you can... When all three of those bar thingies are full, you get to actually pick commands for each of the characters. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's, that's great in that one moment. Because, yes. yeah, that's been a lifesaver on a couple of occasions. Uh, and it's pretty sad that the that the life save like the part like sometimes you use that move to unleash untold levels of devastation on your yes. opponent in doing a big combo. That's awesome. But there's other times where you're simply like, shoot, I hope the bar is full. I hope the bar is full just so I can tell the fucking healer to fucking heal. Yeah, yeah. Should not be having to use up your superpower just to give the healer fucking instructions to heal the party. Okay. <laughs> That's not a superpower. That should be a presumed part of a role-playing game. No, that is definitely a, a downside of, of that Tales game. Tales of games let you stop, like, you could yeah. stop combat time and tell Bobby to stop, stop picking his nose. You need to heal me. I'm about to die, Bobby. I just, I, I feel like that just, uh, anyways... Um, but I do like the Gambit system of Final Fantasy Ten. I'm surprised. I, I mentioned that on Twitter. I'm surprised, uh, you know, more people haven't ripped that off. Uh, probably requires it's more. Just kind pro- of it probably requires. <laughs> it also probably requires more programming than most uh, developers are probably willing to it's put. It's fine. Into It'd it. be much better if they just handed you raw if statements. <laughs> I mean, I, I would love that, but most people oh. would <laughs> be really pissed off. <laughs> Did, did you guys ever do any programming in BASIC back in the day, or Pascal or anything? Oh, uh, no. That'd be cool Pascal. if it you while I sit around fiddling with a C program. Yeah, that would be cool, though, if it let you, like, type in a programming language to... to, hand, <laughs> to archaic programming languages? Yeah, that would be fun. I don't care. Pick a language that's reasonable these days, but... You get to write everything in Python. Uh, no, really? not Python. No, Java. Python, Python is Python. really simple, dude. Python is really simple. Python is trash garbage. Wow. Are we ha- no, we're not doing a programming <laughs> language war right here, right now. It's not happening. Okay, no. I'm looking at lists of other RPGs coming up this year. Uh, Platinum co-developed Grand Blue Fantasy PS4 might be interesting. Uh, Kingdom Hearts 3 is like singing the songs of my soul. I'm sure that I would love that. Um... A bunch of these like things that oh, and there's uh, Pillars of Eternity too. I like Pillars of Eternity one. Uh, <laughs> see. I almost bought Pillars of Eternity on the console version until I watched the video of it and was like, oh, this just controls like. Uh, this was not. This was this, built for like it's, it's yeah. them trying to do a throwback to the Infinity Engine. It's it's uh, like oh, this controls as if the your thumbstick was a mouse. I. Don't think I want this. Don't, this don't way. do this to me. Don't do this to yourself. Yeah. So but uh, no, like play, play Pillars of Eternity. It's a good game, but play it on the PC where it was obviously built to be played. Yes. Uh, <laughs> the Alliance Alive. I will go to bat that that will probably not be game of the year, but it'll probably be amazing. It'll be the game of the year in our hearts. The world ends with you. Final remix sold. Um, what can I do for you? <laughs> not even close to the same game. <laughs> There's singing or music in it. Yeah. Dun, 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 dun. See, oh, Valkyria Chronicles 4. That'll be good. Certainly be better than Revolutions. 
it's an actual tactical RPG. We can be happy about it. Yeah. So yeah, there's a lot of RPGs coming up. I mean, none of those will be my game of the year because none of them will be like freaking No More Heroes Travis Strikes Again, but I don't think that's an RPG, so don't count. You know, going back to the conversation about, you know, focusing more on text to have more options a la Dragon Quest Origins and stuff, I can't tell you how many of friends that I've talked to and I'll say, hey, have you played this game? And they, oh, yeah, yeah, I played that RPG or whatever. And it'll be something like a Final Fantasy, you know, game or whatnot. And I'll start asking, you know, talk, bringing up plot details and they absolutely have no idea. And I said, well, oh, I, didn't, did you... I didn't read anything. I didn't read anything. I'm like, what the hell? How could you not read Final Fantasy IX? I mean, come on. <laughs> they had a great story. They put so much time into the story. Why uh, well, were you playing it if you weren't reading it? <laughs> you know, and, and that's why we end up getting the games we get that don't have a lot of story, have a lot of voice acting stuff, because there's that segment of pop. I mean, all of us will listen to the voice acting and stuff, but only a sub-segment of us will actually read text and get into that level of the story and it drives me crazy i even had a friend that i talked into playing final fantasy 6 and i sold him on the story and everything else and then at the end i was like so how'd you enjoy he's like it was okay what, what do you mean it was okay well what about the twist with you know terror whatever and the end of the world who what who what really well i got the ninja guy though he was cool <laughs> uh <laughs> what the hell is your problem man you know? The irony here is that I'll usually try to skip through voice acting if they give me the option to read because I read faster than anyone's going to deliver that dialogue. It's true, right? So, yeah, yeah, it's kind of unfortunate. And I need to play more that hack, GU. Just thinking about our beats I need to get back to. Yeah. <laughs> what a. <sighs> Oh, hey, what kind of game even is this? Oh, sorry, I was I was reminded, I was looking at this list of games and I was thinking, oh, hey, a game for wheels, an Adventure Time game involving pirates. Adventure Time, come on, grab your friends. Yeah, that game looks really cool. It actually, it actually looks like uh, a One Piece game, to be honest. Okay, then. Well, because it's... Cause, because everything's islands now, you're sailing around a giant ocean. That's the kind of One Piece game I would like to play that doesn't really exist. I would like, actually, just pirate games, as a general rule. That's true. Yeah. Not really many of those, actually. Uh, oh, Hyrule Warriors Ultra Remastered Switch Edition. There's your game of the year right there. I love oh, Hyrule Warriors. Oh, that's going to be fun. Uh, I love Hyrule Warriors. Yeah. There's only so much uh, warriors I can take at once. So I'll probably get that one. Like it's like other. I played so many of them, and it really the Wii U was just you know, like the Wii U is super beautiful. So much. I, I actually say it's probably the best of the the Warriors games. Yeah, Not I even totally because agree. of the lights, just because it's just so well done. And then, but then the 3DS version had more content because it had like extra maps and and the such. I think it even had a couple of extra characters if you bought yeah. the DLC. But this will bring it all together, one beautiful handheld portable package. Oh, uh, but still not Monster Hunter. There's still a part of me that's just baffled every time I look at trailers for Dynasty Warriors Nine, and it's like, when did this also turn into like Metal Gear Solid Five? <laughs> Like I see, st I saw like stealth in a Dynasty Warriors game, and I didn't know what, what I, had happened I, in my life. I don't understand why <laughs> you would do that. 
That does not compute. Stealth? <laughs> stealth? Does not compute. It's an open uh-huh. world game and it has stealth in it. It does not compute. Error. Error. I admit, I find the concept of open world ancient China actually really interesting, though. So, But stealth hmm. in Dynasty yeah. Era 51? It didn't look like it was the primary focus, but the fact that you could do it at all was baffling. <laughs> Yeah, it's deeply confusing. <laughs> All right, do we have any more questions? I think we, we have. Had... There's like a note here about possibly having one. Uh, 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 yeah, I think we're going to save some of those for next time. <laughs> going to have to... Gonna have to put out a new episode relatively hot on the heels of this one. Yeah. Uh, but I think we'll start wrapping that up here. Um, you can send us questions in the usual places on the forums uh, for this episode. Um, if for some reason this episode is going up with the new site... Which is uh, ideal. Kind of why we were waiting to make another one. Well... Th- yeah, but I decided that I was going to post it anyway because uh, I can just make a new post when the new site launches for this episode, kind of repost it. Uh, but oh, the yeah, if if perhaps you found this on the new the new version of the site, you can leave um, your questions in the comments uh, using our new commenting system for news items, and we'll see how that works. We promise we'll look at them. <laughs> yeah. And uh, you can also email me at wheels at rpgamer.com. You can also send complaints to me at wheels at rpgamer.com. And I I don't think I've ever gotten any, but I will actually read and thoughtfully answer your complaints if anyone actually has any. I swear. Oh, man. Now I just want to send you, like, Abe Simpson complaints. <laughs> To the sickos at Modern Bride Magazine. For shame, when I open your magazine, I don't see one wrinkled face or toothless grin. (laughs) That's a very strange character trait they had from early on. (laughs) Going to write angry letters to people. I'm sorry, I ruined your chance to segue into the end of the show. No, it's fine. <laughs> anyway, um, and where can we find you, Phil? I hear you have a podcast or something. Is that true? Actually, if you're going to do this, I think you need to do it correctly. RPG Backtrack is a production of RPGamer.com, <laughs> your source for news, reviews, and home to the best gaming community on your net. Go ahead and leave us your comments on our forums at forums.rpgamer.com. Leave us your thoughts and listen to all of our previous podcasts, as well as the sister shows, the Q&A Quest, Active Topical Banner, and RPG Cast, all at rpgamer.com. If you don't like us, make sure to write your complaints to askreels at rpgamer.com. <laughs> Oh, sweet, that's not my actual email address. It's awesome. Wheel, something like that. <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm some I, sort of wheel. I'm on Twitter, twitter.com forward slash JC Servant. about Twitter. Uh, yeah, my uh, co-host is at Jew Mason. Don't listen to these other guys; they don't really count. I'm at wow. Ask Wheels. <laughs> at Fanboy Master account currently locked, but I'll probably let you follow anyway, so it don't matter. <laughs> 
And yeah, you can find us talking about RPGs on Twitter and uh, occasionally re- tweeting about the Simpsons. Kingdom Hearts 3. Is that That's not coming out this year. I'm just telling Come you, it's on. what the internet says. That's not coming out this year. It is labeled, as, it is labeled <laughs> it is, as a 2018 release. It's I'm there, not it. and it's labeled Shimu 3. Shenmue 3 I don't believe in, but like Kingdom Hearts 3 I will believe in on the basis of the fact that they didn't have to announce a release date I, for it. I could believe that Shenmue 3 may be the worst RPG of the year. Wow, that's super harsh. <laughs> I'll go past Traveler. Oh yeah, oh. we forgot to talk about that. That'll be great. Oh man, yeah. Dauntless hated it. Try to be Monster Hunter. Monster Hunter wannabe. Yeah, it is kind Deeply of wanna be. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, okay. Yeah. 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 All okay. Right. All right. Yeah. We will see you next time. Maybe here, here's a question idea. Send us what you think the best RPG of twenty eighteen is gonna be. Oh man. Yeah. Uh, I'm excited for the bloodbath. Yeah. And special bonus points if you say, um, the Romancing Saga three uh, port, if we if it actually comes out this year, because I believe that has been confirmed that it's going to come out in English, but I forget. Yeah, it has. Like Kawazu tweeted that there would be an English version of an Android slash iOS port that was forthcoming long before there was any mention of there being a console version yeah, of yes. Romancing Saga two. Presumably, given that they they did Romancing Saga two on everything with a screen, they will likely follow up with Romancing Saga three on everything with a screen. Yeah. Sweet. Look forward to hey, that. We want to thank everybody so much for listening to Q and A Quest, where you write us your questions, we give you the right answers, of course. And uh, but we've only got one question for you. What can I do for you? <laughs> All right. Oh, I'm, no. uh, I'm hitting the, hit the end button. I'm hitting the end button. I can't hear hitting you. I can't button. hear you.